welcome to Conversion Stories, where I share my conversations with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am your host, Joey Erickson. In today's episode, you will hear Cameron Croft share about his gift of faith and his love of prayer, his experience as a quote-unquote COVID missionary in Denmark, and how important it is for him going forward to follow Jesus Christ. We almost made it through our interview before the primary children finished their activity. They got so excited to see Cameron, which was so fun to see. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Cameron. All right, why don't you introduce yourself? For sure. Full name? Is that okay? Or yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Cameron, Cameron Croft. Um, I'm 20. I recently returned from serving a mission in Denmark. Um, currently, I'm just working. I head off to school in like two weeks, so I'm just saving up some money to pay for that. Um, I really enjoy sports. I love soccer. My team just won the World Cup. Ah! So it's pretty exciting. That is um, I don't know. Anything else you want to know? No. We'll That's get to good. know you more as we go throughout the interview. So um, so you grew up a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What was that like for you? I To me, it was pretty normal. I didn't, because, I mean, that's everything I knew. So I, I, I'd like to say that I never had entertained the notion of there not being a God. Or they're not being Jesus Christ or not being a member of this church. So growing up, we were a very close family. We were very active in the church. Um, my mom and dad are amazing. And it was, yeah, I loved church. The friends, the people, it was automatic. People that you knew and friends that you had. Um, yeah, and I, I would say it wasn't really until recently that I stopped taking it for granted and started actually realizing the blessing it was. Right, right. So did you always want to serve a mission? Yeah, oh yeah. I thought it was the coolest thing ever to just go out and experience new culture, new people. Um, My older brother did it before me and he he had a blast. He, he loved his mission and still is friends with some of the people that he was friends with there. And so I would say, yeah, I've, I have always wanted to serve a mission. It's another one of those things where it's like, there's never really a doubt. It was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to grow up. When I graduate high school, I'll go on a mission. Mm-hmm. So. Um, do you feel like you gained your own testimony before your mission or did that happen on your mission? Um, def- definitely before. That is something that I feel like I was blessed with. <laughs> you have like those gifts that are lists, and it's like some people have the gift of this, gift of that. I thought I had the gift of faith. Um, it's something that I don't think I'd ever doubted that Jesus Christ lived, that he was born and he died, that God is real and is there. And I mean, I'd, uh, even before the mission, I had had a lot of experiences that solidified that for me. I don't know if you want to hear Yeah, I would love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite things ever that I did before the mission, um, it was kind of like Trek. It was 
called Moroni's Quest. And basically what it was is instead of reenacting the life and the travel time of the pioneers, you did the life and travels of the Nephites. Mm. And so we wore like, I'm not going to call them togas, but tunics with like belts and we slept in tents um, and we had to pack our bags and leave Jerusalem and then we arrived at the promised land and um, some of us became Nephites, some of us became Lamanites and we had wars and um, it was like a whole three, four, four day experience and it was really, really cool. Um, it really brought to life the Book of Mormon and yeah, some of the experiences I had there I still remember and still love. That's really cool. Where did you do that? That was actually in Canada. Yeah. So, so where was it? Nova Scotia, I think it was. Because um, I have family up there, and so my cousins invited me over to come join this Moroni's Quest that their stake was doing or whatever. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard of I had anybody neither. It was great. That. <laughs> that's a really neat experience. Um, so do you want to share any other experiences leading up to your mission before you talk about your mission? Um, I mean, I definitely could. I went on trek. That was great. That really helped realize the hardships that the early pioneers faced and live in their shoes. Um, most of the experiences I had were nothing big. I always felt like I had prayers answered. Mm. Always felt like that there was someone there listening. I think that's what kind of helped me most to build that relationship with God was how I would feel whenever I would pray. And that still continued through my mission and continues now. Mm. Um, And I always loved studying the scriptures, especially the Book of Mormon. I had, I think one of my favorite times I read the Book of Mormon, we had this missionary in the ward and he said, hey, if you can read the Book of Mormon before I get transferred out, I will make you any food you want. <laughs> he was getting transferred out in like three weeks. Mm. So I took those three weeks and I read the entirety of the Book of Mormon. Wow. Um, can't say I understood most of it, but I think my understanding of, of the book and the timeline and everything that happened really grew from that point on. Mm-hmm. So think just things like that that for me you're just a, a testament of the the power that I had or that I felt I guess mm-hmm. um, yeah that's really it so what did you request him to make for you do you remember yeah it was a brownie cookie pizza yeah so it was like the bottom layer was cookie top layer was brownie it was as big as a pizza it was fantastic yeah oh yeah it's a great reward <laughs> so tell us about your mission what was the transition like to your mission and then you can go from there yeah um so i was one of the covid missionaries that's right yeah so i i guess submitted my papers um right in right after covid started really is when i submitted my papers mm-hmm. i was like i don't want to wait i really don't care i just want to get out um, and so when I first started, I was all at home MTC. 
And I think that really helped me with the transition. Really? Because I was at home and in a familiar place, and I just... I mean, both my parents were really supportive, and they would just leave me alone in my room for my classes and everything. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I could still hang out with my friends, though. That's what was really nice. Mm. It was really cool to be a missionary, and I'm wearing this, like, suit and tie and a name tag, and I'm inviting my friends over to come, like, play board games with me. You know? It was <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so that was cool. And then I served my mission, or my call was to the Copenhagen-Denmark mission. Um, but I started my mission on reassignment in St. George, mm. which was really another added blessing. Um, I personally think that everybody should do that, should start, if they're serving a different language, to, should start stateside English and then go to that place, because it was such a help. Just learning how to teach, learning the, I guess, the schedule of a missionary and what, what, what it actually requires of you before going to um, your original assignment. Um, and so I took a lot of the things I learned from St. George about members and how to work with them and things like that and brought them to Denmark. So it was fantastic. And yeah. Overall, it was just such a fantastic experience. Mm. The, the people of Denmark are very hard-hearted. Um, most of them are atheistic or agnostic. Um, so it was very rare that we actually found someone who was interested in talking to us. Mm. So it wasn't the easiest. Um, but I think it was because of that, because of the challenges that people put forth to me that I really started to not not necessarily in a bad way so people always say it's a bad thing but to question my faith because I I said to myself I know God's real why do I believe that why do I believe God's real and so I looked back in my life and I said I believe him because this experience happened because this promise was fulfilled because I feel this way whenever this happens when I pray and whatever and so it really helped me to solidify um, the reasons why I choose to believe and the reasons why I continue forward in the church. Was the language hard for you? In a way. But also, like, not really. I, it was enjoyable to learn. Mm. I loved the challenge. It was, it's a very challenging language, Danish. Um, but near the end, I was very, very, <laughs> one of the things we did in, in Denmark, because there's a lot of refugees mm. from Middle East countries, and we were actually just receiving many from Ukraine as well. Um, so they don't know Danish. So I actually started this yeah. group in Facebook that taught Danish to people. And so I was there teaching Danish to, to people who didn't know Danish at all. Right. So that doing that really helped me to, to learn the language. Mm. I didn't I didn't find it a the biggest problem. Nice. It was awesome. Yeah. So tell us about companions, food, culture. Sure. Um everyone 
comes from America who serves there. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone. I think we had four people, five people, who were came from Europe. Um, some of them actually from Denmark, who got to serve in Denmark. Um, I had amazing companions. I think what really helped me most with the language was that my first companion um, was much like I was near the end of my mission, very into grammar. (laughs) And so he knew the ins and outs of the Danish grammar. And then my next companion was a Dane. And then my next companion after that was a Dane. And so I got such a good head start off of, compared to most people. Um, But they're awesome. And there's still people I'm gonna meet with after the mission, a lot of them are going to the same college I'm going to, which is awesome. Nice. Um, Culture-wise, it is quite different. Danes as a people are much more closed and private. Um, So talking to people on the streets is very difficult. (laughs) Talking to people at their front door is very difficult. Um, Where, I guess here in in Maine or in, in the States, People on the street will just start up a conversation with you mm-hmm. and start talking to you and ask about um, your life and or a, a cool piece of clothing you're wearing or whatever it is. Danes don't do that. Mm-hmm. It, they're very private and it's it seemed it's almost somewhat rude to ask into people's religious and private lives. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what made it the most difficult. Yeah. Um, but they are so, so helpful and friendly. Um, so once you get on their good side, they'll do almost anything for you. I had lots of people that we were teaching um, give us food. Lots of people buy train tickets for us, um, pay for us on, on preparation days to go out and do things. Um, because once you get to know them, they're, they're amazing people. They're so nice and so kind. And the one thing, I guess, that they always will do, if they know you or not, was give you help when you need it. Mm. So anytime we would ask someone on the street for help, like, hey, I don't know this word in Danish, or hey, we need directions, always willing. Mm. So they're very, very nice and friendly in that way. Were the members hard to get to know, or were they pretty open to the missionaries? Um... I would, that really depended on the area. Mm. Um, honestly, in, in the larger wards that they had there, it was more difficult mm. than in the smaller branches. Um, the church there is not very big. We, I've, I've, I served in a few branches, um, one with an active attendance of 15, one with an active attendance of 10. Mm. Um, and I felt like those were the places where I knew the members most and where they were most welcome and opening. Um, and the bigger wards were the ones where there were so many people that everyone was like, ah, somebody else will talk to the missionaries. Someone else will take care of them. Someone else will go out with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it, it kind of depended. But again, once you got to know them, they were fantastic people. They were just kind of lights in the darkness to to help you with whatever you need, language study, food, whatever. So 
So did you have the opportunity to experience a conversion there? Yeah, I did. Um, I was, yeah, I would say I was pretty lucky. So I helped baptize or attended the baptism of four or five people, which is awesome. It's like amazing for mm-hmm. for Denmark. But yeah, I did. It was awesome. That's cool. You want to hear about that? I would love to hear about it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I always, whenever I talk about the people that I've taught, the first person that comes up is this one girl named Vivica. She's just the sweetest ever. She's a single mother. Um, she lost her mom and her sister um, at a young age, and she lost one of her daughters as well to childhood illness. And so when I, out of the blue, she showed up on my suggested friends on Facebook. So I added her and sent her a message. She immediately responded and said, yes, I want to meet with you guys. It was just the biggest miracle I'd ever experienced. And it only took five, six months before she was baptized. Um, And you could just tell that her life really did change. She was much happier. She loved the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Almost, I, I, I always told her, Vivica, you can't mark every single passage in the Book of Mormon <laughs> or else it's just like you didn't mark it. She was that kind of, kind of studier. Um, and she has the cutest little daughter. I was able to also um, go with her to the temple mm. and we did the baptism for her dad, her mom and her sister. It was just something really special. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vibika's, it's a, she has Snapchat and she added me on that. <laughs> so we actually just text each other pictures back and forth. It's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So people like Vibika. Anya was another um, lady that I that I taught and I met. She was she was actually a choir singer in the Lutheran Church. So Denmark has a, Denmark's very interesting because it's actually a religious country officially. Mm. So they have an official state church, which is the Danish people's church, mm. and it's Lutheran. Everyone says that they're a member of that church, but none of them believe in God. Mm. So really they say it just to get you off their backs. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was actually a very devout member of this church and was singing in the choir when she... Uh, got worried about the state of the world that the the world was in and was looking online and found the church's emergency preparedness courses Mm. and food storage courses. And she just loved those so much and then said, well, I I, I better find out what the church behind this is about. And so referred herself (laughs) and uh, asked for a missionary visit and put, it, it was... We taught her all the lessons. Um, she asked all the right questions and was just perfect. And she put herself on date to be baptized. She texted me out of the blue and was like, hey, I'm getting baptized this day. Would you mind, Would you be available to be there? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Wow. And yeah. And so she just... Turned into 
a huge strength for the ward that she joined. It was awesome. Um, and the, there were others. Silas, he was a young boy that we taught, about 18. Jonas, he was recently married, 20. They both were just awesome. And so those are probably the, those are the people that are a must visit when I head back there. So yeah, that was going to be one of my questions: whether you plan on going back. Yep. So we have a family trip planned the first week of August. Awesome. So it's already in set in stone. It's happening. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, food. Was the food? delicious. It's it's interesting because a lot of it is meat and potatoes, mm. but just done so differently that it seems like a new meal. Really? So they have uh, frikadella, which is like Danish meatballs. They cook their potatoes. They literally take them, peel them, throw them in a pot. And it's like if you ate mashed potatoes, but before you mashed them. Mm. So they're just these soft, fall apart, just delicious. It's so good. Um yeah, it was it was delicious. They have very good food. Um, one of my favorite types of food is they don't celebrate Thanksgiving, of course, American holiday. And for our Thanksgiving, there's a set food you have to prepare, right? Turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce, gravy. They have the exact same thing, but for Christmas. Mm. And so you always have to prepare fleskestai, Brunsaus, Brunkartoffler, and potatoes. So it's basically Fleskestai is like this big cut of pork Mm. that has a layer of fat on the top that when you bake in the oven just gets super crispy and delicious. Um, Brown potatoes are like caramelized potatoes. Um, Brown sauce is like a it's gravy, but it's not because it's so much better. Um, yeah, and, and so that was always the traditional Christmas dinner that you ate. Um, and I thought that was probably the best food I, I had there. Did you get fed a lot by members or people you were teaching? Uh, again, that really depended on the area. Right. Um, so in the bigger wards, you would get fed more often just because there was a larger amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um in the smaller wards, it was actually funny, or the branches, I, I, I should say, you would get fed more regularly, mm. but it would only be one person because there's only like one or two families in the branch, right? So you'd get fed every week by them. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we did. It was awesome. Nice. Was there anything you didn't like for the food or you would never eat again? Um, Yeah. I don't know if they're the same thing in Danish and English, but they're called Asia, which is like, I forget, pickled something. It's some vegetable pickled, just disgusting. <laughs> Wouldn't eat it again. <laughs> don't recommend. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you what they are, but just can't. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the, the only thing that I can really remember. So when did you get back from your mission? End of October. Okay. Doesn't mean too, too long. Not at all. So you gave your homecoming, did you give a talk? I did, yeah. Have we hit on what you talked about in your talk? 
yeah, so real, all I talked about was people, the people that I'd met, the Anya and Vibika mm-hmm. and some others that I had taught previously as well. Because those, I mean, those are the most important people right. in my mission. Those are the most important things in my mission was those people I taught. So. And when you were in St. George... It was still COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So did you do a lot of online work or were you able to get out? And I have, yeah. We were lucky because they had just lifted the restriction on being allowed to go to members' homes. Gotcha. Um, so that's what we did for the most part. It was because St. George has so many members and such a large concentration. Most missionaries, they cover a ward. We covered a stake. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had no shortage of members to visit and less actives to go to and part member families to teach and everything like that so that's that's what we did Mm. we used the the members the way you're supposed to use them bring them out to teach with you teach their friends teach the people that they um, invite to church and everything like that Mm. and then when you got to denmark was it that way too? Were you able to get out right off and be with the people or was it more? Um, no, it was so almost though. Denmark, I think, was the first country to lift all restrictions. Um, but for the, it, was the, it was a couple weeks before we could start taking off our mask and before we could start um, like actually going out to people's homes and um, people wouldn't get mad at us when we knocked on their door. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I was actually pretty blessed to not have too much COVID involvement. Yeah. Ruin my mission. Not ruin, but right. interfere Affected with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you really enjoyed the online at home MTC. Yeah. That. No, it was, it was great. It was fun. Yeah. I, I think it was more fun because the only other person doing it was my companion. There was no one else in our group, just us two, mm-hmm. me and my MTC companion. Interesting. So what advice would you give to young men and young women who are preparing right now to serve a mission? Yeah, I think the biggest advice I would give is a lot of times people think or ask, am I good enough to go on a mission or am I worthy enough or do I have the necessary skills? Um, Two responses to that. The first one is no, you don't. The second one is God doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not something you should worry about. Um, I have a firm bo- hypothesis and belief in that the mission is less about converting people and more about the tools, get, getting the tools needed to convert yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's the point of going on a mission is not to be perfect when you go out, but to learn to grow. Um, that's something that was a huge something huge that I learned was that God works through imperfect people. Um, I was in no way the the best missionary or the perfect missionary, the most obedient missionary. Um, But the people I met, the miracles I saw, texting a random lady off of Facebook and having her be interested, Mm. having um, someone who was just interested in emergency preparedness refer herself to us. And I was there to be able to to teach her. God just 
used me despite everything I was and everything I wasn't, I guess. So that's probably the biggest thing is you don't have to worry about being good enough because you you are. Mm. You aren't perfect, but that's not what God wants or what God needs. Right. None of us are perfect. No. <laughs> I just heard the other day, we are imperfectly living the gospel. That's just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> we are all doing it imperfectly, but we're all trying. Exactly. So, can you see how your relationship with Christ changed? Yeah. Your mission? Mm-hmm. I definitely realized a lot more my dependence on him and my dependence on him for um, forgiveness, for salvation, for um, the things that I have, the blessings I've received. Um, I used to think that not a lot of things in my life came from God, and now I know that everything in my life comes from him mm. and, and comes from the sacrifice Christ made to make it possible for us to come here. So my dependence on Jesus Christ definitely has has grown. And because of that, my love for him and the I can more clearly see and feel and understand the love he has for me as well. Because mm. um, even though we are imperfect and we we can't give him any every, anything, he has everything he needs. We can't give him more than that. Mm. Yet despite that, he still decides to bless us and decides to grant us the opportunity for eternal life to, to be like him. And so it's something that I just love. How was the transition from your mission to home? What was that like? Not gonna lie, it was a little difficult. Mm. Just cause in the I guess in the few weeks in the month leading up to leaving, um, I was very, I'm not going to say disoriented or confused, but almost a little anxious. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I really wanted to leave, but I also did not at all. Um, and then coming home, I just, it hit me and I realized I'm not in Denmark. I'm not a missionary anymore. And it was pretty heartbreaking. But, yeah. And then so I've learned to just look back at the good stuff and look back at what I've learned and what it's given to me and the fact that I can go back. <laughs> I can see those people again. I still talk with them and everything. Um, so it's been good. And what do you see in your future? You said you're going to school. Mm. I say where you're going. Yeah, I'm heading to Brigham Young University. And so in the near future is a lot of classes. <laughs> <laughs> Figuring out how to be a college student, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to study medicine. Mm. I'm not sure in what specific field or whatever, um, but that's something that I feel very strongly that I should do, that I want to do. Did your dad influence that at all? Probably, because uh-huh. <laughs> he could, um, my, I guess people don't know, my dad's an emergency doctor, and one of my favorite things was listening to him come home and tell us the stories mm-hmm. of the people that he had treated. Um, some of them, like, I had this person, and 
they had this giant cyst the size of a baseball. I'm like, that is so cool. And my mom's like, what the, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and so I, I really enjoy learning about that stuff and think it would be so fun to be able to learn more and treat it even. So probably won't be an emergency doctor. It's a little too intense. Mm. Yeah. Well, is there anything about your mission or your testimony that you want to add that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I don't know. I think the most important thing that I've learned is how necessary it is to follow Jesus Christ. Um, and really, the way we do that is through the Spirit. That's, it, it's really just, just hit me over the last couple of months, really, um, that what President Nelson is saying is really the most important thing, mm-hmm. that we need to have personal revelation, that we need to know what the Spirit feels like. We need to know how to hear him. And I've been really blessed in that I have learned that. So I can, I can say that I have felt the Spirit speak to me, that I have felt God's hand and God's voice speak to me. Um, I, I felt the inspiration from the Holy Spirit. And because of that, I know that the, this is God's church. It's something that I've, has really blessed me on my mission. You're so close to the Spirit. You're so in tune with it. And it's just such a blessing. So now when, when, I, when I feel prompted and I get these, those thoughts, I can recognize when they're from the Spirit or when it's, it's not necessarily my own. So that's, that's something that I really have gained a testimony of is, is the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. It speaks to us today, and it needs to. We need to be able to hear that. Yeah, I like that. So on your mission, you have a pretty strict routine of personal prayer, personal scripture study. Have you... I wouldn't think you would keep up with that, but what have you incorporated into your daily life now to keep your testimony strong and to stay close to the Spirit? Um, yeah. I've, I've always loved prayer. That's something that is not hard for me to do. It's, it, it, it really does help me. It's honestly like meditation for me. Mm. Um, I think the Buddhists had it right when they said that you got to meditate. They just don't call it prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am continuing to do that. Um, I made it a goal to read through the entire Old Testament. Um, and so I tried following along with the Come Follow Me, but it was going too fast. Mm. So um, I'm reading through that. I read the Book of Mormon. Um, and something I've actually really started to enjoy on the mission is listening to podcasts. So there's a little, and, and talks and debates and speakers and things like that. Mm. So call me weird or whatever, but I'll put on um, LDS versus evangelical debates mm. on my phone and just listen to those. Or I'll put on um, this uh, biblical scholar 
who is giving a TED talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll just listen to those. And they're, I mean, listening to people smarter than you is probably the best way to get smarter. It's awesome. Yeah, and we are so blessed to live in a time where there's so many resources. There's so much out there to, yeah. to absorb. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a little bit overwhelming at times. <laughs> there's too like, much to listen know. to. <laughs> where do we end? Well, do you mind ending us with your testimony and you can choose whichever language you want to share? I mean, I want you guys to understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, I want to start off with Jesus Christ. Um, I I know that he lived. That's always been there for me. Um, I know that he forgives us. He has the power to do that. Um, He has broken the bands of death he makes it possible for us he he has the power to bring us up to where he is Mm -hmm. to elevate us to his status Um, and that's something that he gives to us not because we deserve it but because he loves us Um, I know that the Book of Mormon testifies of him It, it was a book written 2,000 years ago and we have it now to to bless our lives I know that there's a modern prophet Um, Russell M. Nelson is a prophet of God and I mentioned it earlier but his words are so important today Um, they're really the things that we need in our life and I've really learned that by listening to him but also I guess the life experience that I've had. The 20 year life experience, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I know this church is his church. He leads it and Jesus Christ guides it. God is there. He answers prayers. He's, that's, uh, that's something that a realization that came to me on the mission was when we are praying, we're speaking to the most powerful person in the universe. And he allows us to do that and then answers back. And so to me, prayer is, is just become so powerful. Um, I know that he loves us. I know that he watches over us and wants to speak to us, wants us all to come back to him. Um, yeah, we, we do that by living the life that Jesus lived. Um, striving to do that is kind of our entire goal Adam I think that's the most important stuff my testimony was definitely strengthened while talking with Cameron if you would like to see a picture of Cameron you can go on Instagram to conversion stories podcast If you would like to learn more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you can visit churchofjesuschrist.org. And if you would like to share your conversion story, you can reach me at conversionstoriespodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to sharing your story.